Two Women Chat is just me, Alison Archer, and my good friend Sally Thompson picking over interesting issues and subjects with a bit of research and a nice cup of tea thrown in. Because Sal and I are at that age, this first series is all about the menopause. What is it? What are the symptoms? How do you cope with them? And other stuff like that. <laughs> I must just say to you, apropos of absolutely nothing, you look like you're wearing a pyjama top. It was just because it's stripy. Are you being sort of stripist yeah. or something? No, okay. it looks nice, but oh, it does you. look like a pyjama top. But well, that is quite uh, <laughs> fashionable at the moment, isn't it? <laughs> well, y- yes, this is it. Wearing Actually, someone was asking me, some, we were talking about something to do with going out in slippers. Actually, and it has been a thing for a while. Yeah. And I did actually see someone else in the shops in their slippers but oh, in normal you? clothes wow. whereas actually people are quite comfortable now to go out yeah. in their pyjamas but I, that is not something I'll be doing no I must just tell you that I am feeling particularly weepy today oh are you yes I don't know oh. why why today mm. as, as opposed to anything else but whilst I was driving over here from the office Pam Ayres came on the radio and um, I think it was, I was listening to a podcast of some description and she read out a little poem that she'd written about hedgehogs and honestly I wanted to pull over on the side of the road and sob it was really really sad and I just thought oh I I do feel a bit weepy today Mm. I do feel a bit weepy so be very gentle I will I will please don't say no maybe I shouldn't be nice to you because that might bring it on more should I be brutal and and, you know I don't know segueing into what we're supposed to be talking about today making me feel weepy I can understand it and it might have something to do with the fact that I've actually been reading up on what the view of the menopause has been over the over the years oh is it that bad it's that bad um, and enlightenment, if you like, has only really happened since the beginning of the 20th century and, and not even right at the beginning, maybe the 20s or 30s. So it's not a long time ago mm. that people have started to actually understand what is going on. Can I, can I just read you yeah. something? I think this is, this is amazing. There's, um, this is, the Victorian era was necessarily harsh on... Mm. Um, that doesn't surprise me. no. Uh, and, and I found that it said until the 18th century it was seen as a natural phenomenon and then, but over the next 300 years it began to be viewed as a disease leading to bizarre treatments and extremely dangerous surgery and the, um, the Victorians they thought there was a direct link between the womb and the brain which predisposed women to insanity it's quite, this is horrible isn't it um, particularly during menopause, so the remedy obviously was to lock them up in an, an insane asylum. But you get you get this um, this is horrible. Hang hang onto your hat. There was a, a physician called Edward Tilt who was the sort of main gynaecological doctor at that age, and he he in I think it was 1855 he had a woman, a 45 year old mother, come to see him who was struggling with depression, hot flushes, and sleeplessness, and she came to him for help. She was married to a publican and had several children. His diagnosis, Edward Tilt's diagnosis, was that she was depressed with suicidal tendencies, he concluded, caused by cessation, i.e. the menopause, right? This is what she complained of. She complains of being all a tremble, sleepless at night, powerless all day. She sits alone, doleful and disconsolate, ashamed of herself for being so lazy and still unable to do anything, or forgetful of what it is she ought to do. She is much afflicted with suicidal thoughts. So that's not funny. What is funny is that he decided to give a carbonated soda and opium 
plus a large belladonna plaster to be placed on her stomach and vaginal injections of solution of acetate of lead. Oh, God. Yep. No. Yeah. And then it got worse because the Victorians then went on to believe that, that the only really best way of dealing with all this was surgery. Oh. Right? And they would take out their ovaries and they would do it for any hysterical woman. Isn't it? Isn't it like just... Oh. That's barbaric. Oh. This is the Victorian... During the Victorian times. Yeah. And that doesn't surprise me. I think the Victorian time was quite a bleak... I know people say, oh, there's so many wonderful things came about, but actually I think um, a lot of social conditions were quite... It, well, they, they're... I mean, this, this... I can't help feeling that this sort of attitude towards oh. women has sort of really it's really perpetuated, it's perpetuated it has, the myth yeah. hasn't it yeah, i yeah, don't think I it's agree. really gone away i really don't i mean it says here from what i was reading it said it was it, this is the victorians it was believed that the very nature of a woman's physical makeup predisposed her to insanity <laughs> every woman who were not mentally ill were likely to offer insane interpretations of their menopausal symptoms this is in 1903 God. right and the Victorians reasoned that a woman's ovaries were the seat of feminine essence and all that was virtuous in women sprang from them. But by the same token, should they come, become diseased or menopausal and cease to function, then all hell would break loose. <sighs> so they thought it would be better to take them out. Uh, it's unreal to think that it, it was so recent that that... Kind of attitude. Well, oh, it, it says the surgical removal of the ovaries was a simple operation, so it was used excessively in attempts to cure mental disorder, especially nymphomania and hysteria. Um, however, the first removal of ovaries in Britain was performed in 1824, performed by a surgeon called John Lizars, and his first patient survived, but his next three didn't. And by 1855, out of 200 operations, 89 women had died. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a, you think, well, maybe we ought to be stop doing that, you know. And the, the mortality, mortality rate was reduced, but they, they did think that uh, it was more to do with the surgeons showing off and getting the cash for the operation that was the, the, the cause of, of that operation actually happening than it re really being anything that would help a woman in that situation. You know, this is really hard to believe because, you know, um, British people all through the centuries have travelled, they've come across lots of other cultures and indeed a lot of people came and lived in uh, Britain from all over the world as well with trade and everything. So you'd think that they might actually have another... Opinion. They might they might have looked at other cultures and thought this is strange. They don't take out their ovaries over there. I wonder why. <laughs> Let me ask them why. But no, I'm just going to rip out people's I don't ovaries. Think it, I honestly don't think it. it was. Um, I don't think they were as inquisitive as that. To be honest, I honestly think from from what I've read is that the Victorians, you arrogant, know, they really. were arrogant. The men were arrogant, and they decided at some point that this theory was the one that was uh, the right theory, and so therefore that's how we're going to carry on. And I mean, <laughs> it beggars belief actually. There's, there's a guy called Lawson Tate who was an influential physician whose role included surgeon to the Birmingham Hospital for Women. <laughs> he considered that menopausal women were at real risk of mental derangement and incurable de dementia, but he said the worst tendency was that for menopausal women would abuse alcohol 
I can't see what's wrong with that, frankly. Because <laughs> <laughs> they drink all the husband's um, yeah. booze, I suppose. Yeah, but he said that the only way that you can relieve nearly all menopausal symptoms would be by removing the woman from the home um, at frequent intervals to put them in an asylum. And the purity movement said that the more badly behaved a woman had been in her youth, the worse affected she would be by the menopause. It, it, oh, it's almost, it's, it's so actually unbelievable, isn't it? Prejudice. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's unbelievable. I can't help thinking that that has set the groundwork, really, for, for the attitude of how women are viewed through menopause today. Because uh, the, the reason I say that is because it was such a big thing that it was something that they were going through that was making them mental women of, of a certain mm. age. That, that that it hasn't really come away from that view to a greater or lesser degree in the public perception because because it's not really talked about. Mm. So it hasn't really been given a, an opportunity to air the, the, dif- the differing view of that. There's a, Mary Stopitz, Stopes, is that how you pronounce the name? Mary is it Stopes? Mary Stopes, Mary Stopes mm-hmm. yeah. In 1936, she published a book um, called The Change of Life in Men and Women, And she laid the blame for the fear about menopause squarely at the feet of the medical profession, Mm. which she said had emphasised a revolting, frightening, misleading and injurious state. An award sister at one of the world's most famous hospitals told Stopes that nearly every case of menopausal difficulty she saw admitted to the hospital was induced by the ghastly things women had read and been told about what was going to happen that if they hadn't been, she felt that they would have passed through the change with little difficulty. Mm. They've got a lot to answer for, I think. Well, I'm stunned. I'm absolutely stunned. Well, that was 1936, which is not that long ago, really. I mean, that's after women got the vote. Well, I think this is it, you see, because women really didn't have any rights, so um, they were kind of almost owned, really, weren't they? Uh, At that point... Point in time, not so bad. I mean, a, a, a fifty in, years before it had been yeah, very in Victorian much so. times. Victorian times um, yeah. a, a woman had very few yeah. rights, well, if any yeah. rights at all. Yeah. Um, so you kind of you can understand why they'd be af- afraid to actually mention what was wrong with them because yeah. of what would happen to them. I, I agree entirely. I mean, if you're if you're going to be put in an asylum because you're mm. deemed to be uh, mentally deranged, you're not going to mention it, are mm. you? I wouldn't have thought. Well, me though is that all these husbands didn't give a, a toot about their wives so they think oh I'll get a locked away oh, I'll get another one or something <laughs> I mean they must have had a really appalling attitude towards women really I think they did didn't they mm. I mean I, I mean as far back as the 12th century attitudes to menopause throughout history have always been considered a taboo topic and um, there was a, a female doctor in the 12th century, which is unusual in itself, stated that she de- they de- women dare not reveal difficulties of their sickness to a male doctor. Um, and she said that uh, they would be considered to be bewitched. Oh, yes. God. No. I'm surprised you've got any women, really. That's why <laughs> there are more women in the population, because they have to overcome all the prejudices that have gone before. That, that's exactly Otherwise, right. There wouldn't be any of us here. No, I know. That's exactly right. And I think that um, I'm not I'm not convinced the prejudices have completely gone away no. a, a, mm. at all, in, in fact. And, I mean, it's a little difficult for us to... Um, it is difficult for me to 
comment on it because I'm self-employed. I don't have to hold my own in the workplace at a, at a high level because I, I, you know, own and run my own company. So it's it's a little hard to know how that would um, affect me if I if I was in a situation because there have been many times I've been to work and have been affected by the menopausal symptoms yes. and not been able to function properly where it would have been certainly noticed if I'd been working in an office with a lot of other people so I don't know has anybody said anything to you about how they've been perceived in the in the workplace um yes actually um and they have said that it was very very difficult um and I think that the thing that they found the most difficult was actually speaking to someone about it okay but then if they did find someone that they actually you mean somebody in the in within like their, the man- like yeah, their manager yeah, or line yeah. manager or something yeah. um oh, I can't remember who it was now we well, don't mm. have to name them, but no, no, but I, I, no, I might have got muddled up with um, something I saw on Tony as well. No, I've got oh, is that a menopause moment. Are you having a menopause? I'm having a menopause moment. Yeah, which is going to cause a hot flush now. <laughs> <laughs> She's going red, people. Um, so, so we 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 have established to a small degree that throughout history, the menopause menopause women have not been viewed in the best light. No. We're not certain if that has changed and to what degree that has changed although we both feel very much that society hasn't changed that much that there's still a little vestige of um prejudice against or you know sort of ridicule i would say not so much prejudice but but ridicule and dismissiveness about women who are going through menopause or something i think things generally are better in in the way that uh, the two sexes actually get on. Yes. I think the the younger generation, younger generation. I mean, people who are sort of like in their teens and twenties now. I think they have a much better attitude yes. towards each other. Yes. So I'm hoping that that is actually going to make it better for when those women yes. then actually reach, or for both men and women to be a bit more understanding and knowledgeable. I think it's the knowledge we need some more knowledge. We do. I just think we need to be more open about yes. it, frankly. Yeah. But, and, and also, you know, as I say, I, I don't know what the uh, attitude is in the workplace at the moment, but I can't see it being that positive, to be honest. Mm. But we, we, we don't know. We don't know. What we do know is how we view ourselves during this period of time. And how, how do you feel about yourself and what's happening to you and the fact that you're getting older? Tell me. Well, you mean getting older, or just is it the two together? Because I think the two for me, the two things it signifies yeah. a start of yeah. aging, maybe because I felt just totally normal, and I remember my mum saying she felt completely fine until she reached fifty. Um, so for me, it was like it when you say she, you said she felt completely fine. What, she what said she said that she felt that she felt like totally as if age didn't matter until she reached fifty. It wasn't until. Um, she got to 50, um, that she actually started to feel that she was getting older. So I suppose when you go through the menopause, it's such a dramatic change. You can't help but feel that you are changing in a way that is actually never going to make you feel the way you did before it happened. It's quite significant. And you're thinking, wow, I'm never actually going to be the same again. And at the moment, I feel like this thing I'm going through is is this horrible, horrible thing, which I really don't feel like I've got any control over. And somehow I've got to muddle through this and come out the other end. So it's it's 
because there is so little um, that you can you can read up on stuff, and you just it's just the same thing. You just facts. read it. They're facts. They're not about feelings. Yeah, they're, are they? no, it's they're not. not. Atti- or attitudes. There's not yeah. much there. I I think about how to view it or think about it, and. I mean, you're right, but I think it's more a case of what it represents than the thing itself. I mean, it is it is the fact that we have to cope with menopausal symptoms, and we know that at some point they're going to end. That's you know that is a fact. But what it actually represents is the loss of our reproductive system, yeah, and what that means to us as a woman. And I've spoken to people who feel very much like, uh, specifically ones that haven't gone through it yet, that it represents a loss of femininity for them. Now, um, I can honestly say for me that that isn't the case at all, but I can understand how women can think child bearing or the ability to have children or be fertile is is sort of tied up in in the thoughts of femininity really well, the thing would, is, would you say that was the same well, for you I, I think that no I, I i think that i don't feel that that has got anything to do with femininity i mean at 60 nearly i really wouldn't want to be having a baby <laughs> I, know, I really like, don't think I'm on paper. <laughs> yes. Would I want a baby at, at 16? No. <laughs> Would I like to look after a, a baby at 16? No. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, I could cope Do with... Do I want to go near one? No. <laughs> no, exactly. So that's something from... A good step where... away from the baby. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, I think the only thing that could make you feel... Well, for me personally, anything that makes me feel... Uh, things make me feel um, less feminine is changes to my body yes um which make me feel like you know don't like that that's you know let me try and do something about it and it is a warring situation because it's a lot harder before my menopause i could get on top of any weight gain or anything or changes in the way my body was and it would be very rapid but now it's like it's it's a long slog and i feel like this it's it's a constant battle um at the moment i think you might be losing the battle against the moustache <laughs> but oh, i really like waxing it and turning out the edges well listen you know you say that but hey look at, what about your beard yeah. and i like the way you've styled it I, and i like yeah. the color today i'm growing it so i can plait it with my underarm hair and make a vest <laughs> Because you need a vest at this age, don't you? Obviously, <laughs> you've got to look after yourself. Um, I, I agree with you entirely, but there, there are two elements to the changes that happen to your body. One of which you can do something about, and uh, naturally, and one of which you can't do anything about unless it's unnaturally. And I'm talking specifically in the, fir- in the former about weight gain, and in the second part about. The, the difference in the way that you look, the way that, that your face is sliding off, basically, into that beard. That's why I'm growing a beard. <laughs> your face is sliding off. Now, you, you, with weight gain, you can do something about it. It's harder, but you can. Mm. Um, with your face sliding off, the only recourse you've got is to, is plastic surgery, isn't mm. it? Um, I mean... No, you can still do... You know, there are still things that you can do to actually... Because that's, that's, that's muscle tone, isn't it? It is, but it doesn't... I mean, I've got... Goodness knows how this has happened, but I've got wrinkly earlobes. <laughs> how has that happened? Right. <clears throat> For the listeners, I'm now actually looking at Alison's earlobes. See? Wrinkly ear earlobes. Oh, that's quite cute, 
actually. See, they are wrinkly though, aren't they? And I've got That's like wrinkly part just under my eyebrows. It's wrinkly. So why would it I can't be? Can't see anything oh, there. That's because you're blind. No, but as I can about. see. No, I think that you is can really see my cute. wrinkly. That looks like he's imprinted them. So that looks cute. I, I think you're turning into a little cute little mermaid. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. I, I think. I, I'm not bothered at all about the ageing process per se um, because it happens, it seems to happen so slowly that you don't actually notice it happening, do you? Mm. You know that you, if you caught, caught sight of a, a photograph of yourself from 20 or 30 years ago, you know you're going to look different, yeah. but you haven't actually noticed that change no. in yourself. No. H- having said that, I think there is a period of time between about 54 and me now, which is nearly 57, where things do seem to change almost overnight. <laughs> it, like you, Like a wrinkle just brings up out of nowhere or uh, you know a, a sort of saggy it's jaw expression or you obviously had a different expression maybe over the night and it just all you need to do is just not do that expression anymore it's like having botox for free you just stop doing that stop yeah. planning <laughs> but that doesn't explain why my neck is descending southwards at, you know a rate of knots it's almost like I, I get this feeling in my head that you know when you overstretch an elastic band oh, it's sort of gone like that yeah. and it's sort of held on and held on for 54 years yeah. and on the 54 fourth year and one day it's gone as it's that's enough. it that's yeah, it pain. You know, game over game over and, and you wake that's you wake up though, isn't it? Is that, yeah, that's yeah, exactly that's, right that's what we, I we think know, that's what's happened we? is yeah. that it's just it's just pinged it's got pinged to it, the end of its life and now I've got a chin that's resting <laughs> on my that, boobs right? and my boobs are on my knees <laughs> <laughs> this is things do travel you know what I, travel I, downwards. I, yeah. I've got you see that little beauty spot there yeah. right that used to be that used to be on your forehead <laughs> no, it's on your navel. Yeah, I know. I've got that. <laughs> I mean, that is weird. Either that or my boobs have just gone. Yeah. <clears throat> Which is possible. Do you feel sad about getting older in the way that you look? It, um, um, no, I, it, because it's inevitable. I don't feel... I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not pretentious. Right. And I will never have anything done unless it was really upsetting me. Quite so, like, quite like what? I don't know. If something what's really upsetting you, anything at the moment? No, 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 oh, okay. no, 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 no. But I mean, I'm not the type of person who wants to look thirty. No, no, no. You know, I don't. Oh, yeah, I am. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm getting old. I'm an old person. You know, yeah. Someone young was looking at me. They say that's an old person, which is fine. Yeah. So I don't mind that, and I don't have a problem with that. If people start patronising me and talking to me like. <laughs> in a way that is 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 rude yeah uh, then that is a different matter so yes. where besides anyone any young person or anyone actually decides to treat me like you know like i've i'm stupid mm. then that would be different i think it's it's being treated just like a normal person yeah. and yes that's true uh, I, I i'm i'm using the the menopause and the aging process is sort of interchangeable at the moment because for me it seems to be a real sort of line in the sand yes it is um, yeah you're right the, the changes the changes to my body and my face have seemed to be more prevalent during the the period of time that I'm going through the the menopause yeah. as well so it does seem to go hand in hand mm. and it does mean that you end up having very much to question your view of yourself i think what's your view of yourself well, my, my my view oh i'm great obviously you know? well of course that goes without saying <laughs> oh yeah, yeah 
No, I think I think you have to you have to be aware of the fact that there's nothing I think personally there's nothing worse than being in your mid 50s and thinking you can get away with flirting with a 30-year-old bloke mm. in a pub or or a bar or something because that just makes you want to puke if you mm. see that happening. So if, if I you, see you doing that yeah I'm just kick yes, me. Okay, not, then I'll, you know, <laughs> you, know you have no allure from that point of view whatsoever. But you know anybody who's older than me, you know, game game on because they I know that I make an effort to look as good as I can for my age, which means that for for men older than me, they are quite appreciative of that, which is quite nice. And I can get old eighty year old blokes, like you know, <laughs> just as a fan club. Well, I think so. When I used to work out in the um, in the public eye, uh, yeah. I, I, I could pull an 80 year old like there's no tomorrow yeah so you okay. couldn't do that when you were in your 20s not 80 year olds no eh? no no I mean oh. I had a wider range to go at didn't I when I was in my 20s and 30s because obviously I could pull the 20 year olds and the 30 year olds and I was much more interested in the 20 year olds and the 30 year olds than I was the 80 year olds so you didn't know so you were being ageist then so you could no. have seen a really hot 80 year old no just picky totally I wasn't really just, I was just picky if I could have, if you, oh, I, I, I wasn't motivated by money so if I could have a 20 year old or or an 80 year old I'm obviously going to go for the 20 year old you know fit bod blah 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 I mean I'd much rather go I am married people by the way this is all speculation and window shopping I just want you to know that but um if if I had if I had to now I'd much rather go after somebody who uh had a a fit bod Mm, fit body for their age Patrick Stewart He's very fit. Yeah, he's not bad, he actually. He must be about his late 70s now. I think so. But there's yeah. quite... I mean, I, I, I'm, I've always been into men that are younger than me. And it, it, it sort of... Thank God I've been married for 20 years because now I don't think I could get men that are younger than me. <laughs> <laughs> so I hope your husband is very appreciative. Yeah, I hope he's very fit and doesn't die <laughs> soon. That's all I can hope for because I'm stuffed if he does. <laughs> I can't see you are you are a bit invisible to people that are younger than you I think yeah uh, women say that a lot older women say yes. a lot about yeah. being invisible I'm not I, I don't really notice that I'm not invisible people will listen to me they will notice me they don't like yeah. run me over when I cross the road <laughs> or anything but what I am is not attractive to people to, blo- to blokes that are younger than me I'm not attractive to them because I'm an old fart with wrinkly wrinkly neck now since yesterday I've got wrinkly neck since yesterday <laughs> do you know what I mean I, I want you to sit up a little sort of just yeah, lengthen through no 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 now you look like you're gurning yeah yeah so I don't have oh do you know what maybe it's to do with the fact that we have husbands who obviously love us that we're not that bothered about the ageing process on our looks if we were out on the open market as it we, were we'd be having cosmetic surgery would we really would you have cosmetic no. surgery no, no neither would no, I no, no. I just think it just makes it all look worse yes yeah I think so it, it looks on well most people that I've seen with it it looks it looks unnatural yeah but you could you could end up probably have a, a nip and a tuck and a whatever at, at this age at our age now in our mid 50s late or 60 somebody is 60 in the room <laughs> nearly mm-hmm. <laughs> um and I think it would just make you look fresher. But when you mm. start getting into your 70s, say, and you're actually, you know, taking out the wrinkles, mm. that's when it starts looking really bad, yeah. I think. And it, it's because yes, you're not going to... Your skin is going to react differently to where it's been 
pulled in yeah. different directions and things. Yeah. yeah, I just, I think that people look really lovely when they age naturally. If they look after themselves, if they look after themselves, and you stay definitely. contemporary. Yes. You know, yeah. you don't look like you're stuck in an era of yeah. bygone years. Um, if you look like you're up to date with everything, I think there's there's nothing wrong with just just letting yourself be. But you can still be cool. You can still be funky. You can still be, you know. I agree with, with you, but I I also think that I mean I, I know a lot of women who do feel that the aging process is detrimental to their mental health in some respects, mm. only because they they feel bad about themselves. Yeah. And you you often find that you know they'll go one of two ways. They'll either continue to try and look as if they did when they were thirty or forty when things were in place. <laughs> and and look really odd, or they will just give up completely and, mm. and won't bother. Because one of the other problems I think about getting older is like you like I said, your body changes, and your hair changes, and you know your face changes, and the color the, the color of you changes, mm. and how you dress for that, and how you deal with that. If you've got if you're somebody that has always been a specific shape, and now you're something else, and you don't know how to cope yeah, with that yeah. situation, I think that's probably why some people find it quite difficult because yeah. they just don't know what they to don't do. Know what to, yeah, yeah. And, and a, a lot of people will just give up, or you will find that they will try and 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 look look younger really mm-hmm. um, and wear young things and wear you know young not that that's that's a sad thing to say because I've, I've, I've also you know there's that horrible phrase of mutton dressed as lamb that's horrible which I don't yeah. I, I don't agree with I don't think it's possible to be that I think that all you have to do you can wear whatever you like at whatever age you are you just have to be not not showing too much flesh that's mm-hmm. what I think it is yeah. but this is where people make the mistake especially if they've had um, you know, fit body when they were younger, and they still want to show it off. They'll yeah, show it off, and, and the cleavage and everything. Man, and that's when you look yeah. a bit muttony, yeah. if you ask me. Yeah. Um, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not no, long hair on older women. I'm not sure about that one either. Well, you know what? I always used to be really against that because I mean, I would like having short hair, and it's just, it just, I just prefer it. Yes, yeah, so and I like short hair on. You know, I think people are really cool with short hair. Um, but in one of uh, doing research over the last few weeks while we've been doing these podcasts, I decided to look at um, looking good at uh, yeah, over 50 or whatever. Okay, yes. And I saw some, some they had some pictures um, on Pinterest, other thingies are available, of course. Yeah. Um, of they? women with. I don't think no, no, I think they? it's only on Pinterest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> There's women with. I'm amazing, but obviously they must have had amazing hair. Yes, and luckily it hasn't gone thin. They haven't had yes. to get a cut, but and they did look amazing. They looked very different, but they also dressed really unusually. So they weren't like a normal person, you know, going out to the shops and looking. You know, these were women who obviously were glamorous all through their life. Yes, and now they've got this glamour, but they don't. They didn't look like they were trying to be something else because their hair was beautifully grey. It yes. was. It was. And it, but they just looked amazing. Yes, uh, it can look amazing. Yeah, but it, it wouldn't look good on me. They just mean just wisps and it just look horrible. Well, that's true. I mean, I've got thin hair as well when it's long, and so it wouldn't look good. But um, I mean, I've got I've 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 come out of the grey closet and um, embraced grey hair, and and it's very salt and peppery, um, not at all white. Um, and I really like it. Yes, well, it suits you. It looks lovely. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, wouldn't do it. Have it for that. Thank you. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm saving them up. <laughs> because and the reason, honestly, the reason why I did it was because I didn't know what colour to colour it. Basically, I mean, my my real colour um, now obviously isn't is nearly grey, but before that it was like dead dusty mouse colour that you get. You know, when you must be pale because you've got pale eyebrows. So it was like was it um, you know when you see if, you know when you open your garage and there's a dead squashed mouse up the corner looking all dusty. It was that sort of colour. You know, mousy. It was mousy mm. colour. Uh, really nondescript, and I. I have to be honest with you, I have dyed my hair since I was 16. So it's been all colours of the rainbow. So I'm not actually sure what my hair colour was. Well, I think honest. this is it. Yeah, yeah. If you do colour it. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's quite sort of like amazing. That's why my hair gets long, long, long enough to, to be cut again. Yeah. Because um, I like to have it different then. So I wait until yes. it's like I can't manage it and then I get it cut. Yeah. And it's like, oh, oh, I didn't notice that before. Oh, look at all that, like little bits of grey and white, what have you. Yeah. And then I get it coloured and then I forget yeah. about it. But it's quite interesting. But I, I, have my hair so short that it actually means that I'd be colouring it every three or four weeks and apart from anything else I can't afford that and um, I just can't be bothered Mm. I can't be bothered to be going you know trundling back to the salon for a couple of hours or, or getting the uh, in a box of hair dye because I just don't, I don't know what colour to colour it and I don't I just can't be bothered so I'd leave it as it is having said that there are lots of people who do colour their hair and it looks fantastic yeah and I think it's um oh, it's, it's really hard to be objective I think about how you look at this age because you're working on assumptions of uh, you know a view of yourself of you over the years and it's definitely changed i think you 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 change a lot at this age without really Mm. realizing it and what you could get away with 10 years ago i don't think you can get away with necessarily now no but very dark hair yeah that's not good when you're old or solid block Block color color. i think yeah you have to be really careful with things like that yeah it it looks too unnatural because your hair kind of soaks it up more i think yeah so i think if you've got light hair and you do it really really dark yeah i think highlights and things yeah that's very good yeah what do you think women of a certain age i.e our age what their view of themselves is in the main because you do you do find as you go around a lot of women not really bothering that much do you think that or is it just the circles i mix in (laughs) 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 you mean i'm all about the lippy and yeah and dressing up to go out and stuff i really like to get to take care yeah, of myself but do you yeah. think that women do you, do you think i mean you're the same you like um, yeah i clothes mean yeah and, but do you think you and i are normal at this age or abnormal at this age for doing that no i think that's but you know what we're kind of partial towny people aren't we you know we're, we're not looking after horses or down on the farm or anything i mean you're living in a rural area here so a lot of people that we might see on a day-to-day basis because they're doing stuff outdoors they're probably not looking their best so those people you know might be completely different when they're doing stuff when they're going out for dinner or what have you whereas people like us because we're we're used to doing things during the day where we have to be seen or we have to have a certain way about us we kind of that becomes part of our our projection uh, even if we're not seeing people we have a way that we need to feel about ourselves, um, <clears throat> a way of yeah, maintaining ourselves to a certain level that we find acceptable. So is that, are we strange in that way? Maybe out here, maybe. Um, but then if we went into yeah, the local town, I think you'd probably find a lot of quite, yeah, I think people, you generally women, I think want to be glamorous at this age. Do you think they 
I think the law, all women, I would say a large proportion, and maybe all is a sweeping generalisation, generalization, but I think all women want to look good at this age, but I don't think all of them know how. And I think that's the problem, because things have changed hmm. so much with their bodies and their faces and their hair that they don't quite know where to go and what to do and how to how to get there. I mean, I've made a lifestyle, lifetime study of clothes and what makes me look nice in clothes because I'm, I'm I'm interested in it mm. but lots of women don't necessarily go to the extent that I go to with knowing what suits them and yeah. it's really difficult I think when your body's changing in the way you know you, you, you we, we, we say change your body's changing but what we mean by that is that you're getting fat deposits in places yeah. perhaps that you you didn't yeah. have them before and also you can't lose weight as easily as you did before and things aren't as tightened as you know bouncy off the wallsy as they were before mm. um and when your body changes it does mean that you don't necessarily know what suits you anymore yes. and if if you know i'm my saving grace for me getting older and wanting to maintain um you know how i look is that i'm vain and that in itself has meant that I've I sort of kept studying over what is going to suit me in that. But lots of women don't aren't, aren't as obsessed about it as I am. So um, I can understand how difficult it would be for them. Yes, to... if that hasn't been an interest generally through your life, perhaps, then, then it would be probably more difficult because yeah. you're changing quite yeah. a lot. Yeah. yeah, I can understand that. And I suppose sometimes I think people give in. You know, the thing, I'm just going to wear something really loose and baggy, which I can understand if you're really, really hot, you know, yes. say like in the summer, and yes. you just don't want anything touching your skin because yes. everything makes you feel just too hot. You just want to wear virtually nothing, just something just floating over the top of you for mm. decency. But I don't think, I don't think you should give in. Never, ever give in. I don't in. think you should give in, but I think that it's possible that quite a few women do. And I think mm. it's mainly more, not so much to do with the fact that they've just given up, but it's just they, 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 don't, they don't know what road to follow. Yeah. And I think that's, that's perhaps, I'm, I may be wrong here, but I, I just from having spoken to other people um that it's more a case of not really knowing how to um you know how to present themselves now and, yeah. and what what suits them and stuff do like that do you think we should have a spin-off from this and just <laughs> gather me. lots of beginning to lots think. of ladies <laughs> and we just have a lovely look gorgeous yeah. in your menopause yeah. i also yes i i also think that for a lot of women, it is a, a period of time that not is only sort of transitory and changing. It is transitory and it means that it's going to stop, but it, but you are changing. But it also, it's hard to, to maintain the motivation a lot of the time because you do feel, you don't feel brilliant. Mm. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm not saying that everybody is going to go through that and feel that way. But certainly for me, it was, there were a day, lots of days when I'd just rather just mess about in my pyjamas and, you know, much like you today. <laughs> <laughs> it's a shirt, oh, no, it's okay. a shirt. Okay, okay. Um, but there are, there are days when I just don't know that I can be bothered. And my saving grace, as I said earlier, is that I'm too vain to go out without my lippy. Absolutely. <laughs> Well, yeah, for me, it's my eyebrows now. And I get really upset with my... Is that your eyebrows? I won't go oh, anywhere without they my look eyebrows. Real. Ooh. Really? Oh, it must be working. You know, I, I must be an artist by yeah, now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the only thing is that with my exuberant puppy just tends to lick, lick them, off, them off, so I have to check for one of the house just to make sure it's not a bit missing. <laughs> 
I know what you mean. Yeah, you have to be a bit careful, don't you? Oh, goodness me. Mm. Yeah. I don't believe in God, but if I did believe in God, there is no more evidence to prove that he's a man than the fact that during the menopause, you can't cope with alcohol and you get fat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it, maybe if it is a woman, she's a bitch. She's a bitch. A bitch, absolutely. Anyway, I wonder if we've helped, do you think? <laughs> I just hope no one's later and go, oh, oh dear, they're as mad as hatters. I know, but if you see us out, Sally's the one with her eyebrows sliding <laughs> off and I'm the one with the beard, right? Bye, everyone. Bye. You've been listening to Two Women Chat with Alison Archer and Sally Thompson. If you want to know what happens in the end, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to share your thoughts with us, visit www.twowomenchat.co.uk.